Jam Session is a podcast where two guys who grew up in Dallas-Fort Worth discuss sports, craft beer, life, and their experiences living in one of America's most vibrant cities. If you love sports, you're going to love this show. If you love craft beer or you're curious about it, you'll love this show. Great conversations with good friends is what Jam Session is all about. Welcome. It's nice to have you here. I hope you enjoy it. I think you will. You're listening to the Jam Session Podcast. I was told that I could listen to the radio at a reasonable volume. With Cowboys insider... What's your name? Jean-Jacques Taylor. That's my name. Radio personality and craft beer expert, Matt McLaren. He's a very strange young man. He's an idiot. Comes from upbringing. And now, the Jam Session Podcast... It is indeed Jam Session. Subscribe, rate, and review. Hang out with us for a while. Right here on the Jam Session Podcast, sponsored as always by Greening Law, a personal injury law firm in Dallas, Texas. Greening Law fights the legal battle so you have time for healing and renewal. But right now, the moment we've all been waiting for has arrived. Ladies and gentlemen, the radio, the TV, the podcast star, the sexy Jean-Jacques Taylor. What up, though? I would be the non-sexy one, Matt McLaren. And this is Jam Session, the podcast, version 232, asking simply that you prepare to be dazzled. If that entertained. Oh, we got a lot to get into today. One week away from the NFL draft from a new Dallas Cowboy being selected. We'll dive into that. Got a few other things we'll discuss. The Mavs playoffs continue. The Rangers are pure trash once again. (laughs) Trash? I, I, you got to call it what it is. I mean, trash is probably kind. Trash is probably pissed off that I compared it to the Rangers, but I did. I apologize if you are trash and you're listening. I, I apologize to you. But one thing I will tell you to do that I know is not trash is as far from it as it can. This is like the pristine part of whatever league they would be in is greening law. And if you've been hurt in a car accident, experienced malpractice from a physician, Maybe you were injured on the premises of a business. Your first call needs to be to Greening Law. Let them come in, see if you've got a case, and be your fierce legal competitor against these insurance companies. Dude, it's the best thing you can do. If you've, get, if you've been, been involved in an accident, whether it's a workplace, you fell down a friend's house, it doesn't really matter. Give them a call, tell them your situation, let them take you on as a client. That's the key. Let them say, hey, here's your deal. Yeah, it sounds like we've got a case. It's the best thing you'll ever do because... They handle everything from A to Z, all the things that you didn't even know were supposed to be handled. They're on top of it. And check this out. It don't cost anything to pick up the phone and say, hey, what do you think? That's exactly right, man. That consultation is absolutely free. So it makes it easy for you. 972-934-8900. 972-934-8900. It's Robert Greening. Call him now. Offices, Dallas, Texas. So we got a couple of things to get into. We'll do another little thing with the draft machine here and, and take us through the NFL draft. But I thought we would start off with all you people that are tweeting about Debo Samuel. It's so, like, do you, how are you a Cowboys fan and you think the Cowboys want, are going to go after Debo Samuel? <laughs> I mean, just based on everything we know about this franchise, everything they've done throughout this offseason and every offseason the last several years, I, I just don't. Where are they? Where are they trading for Debo Samuel? Dude, I, I mean, how about the fact that why is he what? Why is he upset, man? Well, apparently for two reasons. It's not all the money. Uh, the other. This is what I thought was really weird. 
you know, and even our buddy Albert Breer that you know very well tweeted out that a lot of it has to do with the way that San Francisco uses him and the wear and tear that he is getting in a dual role. And I thought, well, that's what makes you appealing. Well, yeah, I think, um, well, yeah, I mean, that that's what that's why you're unique. That's why that's why he really is today's NFL unicorn. And so uh, that's uh, that's interesting. I don't know. You know, until we hear it all from Debo, I just kind of it's just kind of interesting because you don't like the role, and maybe he doesn't. Maybe he just did it because he was good at it, not because he liked it. But that's why you're gonna get paid because you've made yourself a unique player, yeah. And you made yourself a unique player with a team and a guy who knows how to maximize that deal for you. Yeah, and and I thought, well, maybe he just wants to be a wide receiver and and doesn't want to take on the running back role and carry it as much as that San Francisco asks him to carry it. I I don't know what the deal is, but multiple people were reporting yesterday that, you know, a lot of it has to do with the way that San Francisco uses him. And I just thought, okay, well, if that's your beef, any team you go to is going to look at it and say, well, we want to use you the same way. And and yeah, we'll pay you, but we're going to use you that way. Like, if you only want to be a wide receiver, then... I don't know. And, and maybe he wants to be looked at as only a wide receiver because wide receivers are valued so highly. But, my dude, like, you'll get paid like you're a top-level wide receiver because you've shown you can be. No. It's it's interesting that he's uh, apparently upset about that. Uh, I mean, because, I mean, you know, this he brought back the whole single wing back. I mean, he yeah. killed the Cowboys because they couldn't – I mean, he killed a lot of teams because they couldn't stop him running or receiving. Uh, that being said, man, even if you thought – that uh, the Cowboys could acquire him. They just got rid of a dude because he made $20 million. Um, CeeDee Lamb is coming up soon. He'll be getting – he's just laughing because uh, he'll be getting – Yeah, know, thanks, Christian Kirk. You know, we, we really should talk about that at one point. <laughs> I'm uh, just saying, man. Quick exit ramp. Christian Kirk is a guy who messed up the wide receiver salaries structure because he's an average receiver – who got paid great money, which meant all the great receivers were like, oh, if he's making this, then I'm worth that. And there's nothing the team can say about it because they're like, yeah, you're right. Yeah, <laughs> you I mean, that's become the floor. Like, if you are a free agent wide receiver who has done basically a little bit of anything, your floor is, well, I'm at least better than Christian Kirk. Dude, it's the whole thing. And, I, and he got, what did he end up getting? He got four years for $72 million and he will be making – 21 I think it's 21 five a year is what his cap hit is for the next few years with Jacksonville so when that when you look at it like that it becomes one of those things okay so if Christian Kirk is worth 21 or whatever it is and I guess when you spread it out over four years it drops it down a little bit less than that but still I mean that's become the floor if it's 72 four that's 18 million a year so 18 million average salary is the floor for any free agent wide receiver worth a crap you got to understand now, Christian Kirk's never had a thousand yard season. No, he hadn't done anything, really. He's never been a pro bowler. He's never been an all pro. He's never been anything. Yet he got paid like that from a desperate team. And that's what happens, man. It'd be one desperate team that mess up everything. Yeah, I mean, he, he got close to a thousand yards last year when they finally started using him a little bit more. But in first season, he's played all of his games. And, and if that's the floor, if it becomes, hey, I've had 70 catches and 900 yards and a few touchdowns. I don't get it. Why am I not getting paid like that? So, but I mean, when you look at Debo Samuel, Debo Samuel, who's coming out of his third year, Debo Samuel. So just for comparison's sake, 
Last year, Christian Kirk had 78 touches for 993 yards and five touchdowns total, like catching, receiving, offensive touches, right? Debo Samuel had 136 touches for 1,770 yards and 14 touchdowns. It don't, yeah. So Debo Samuel is going to get a contract extension that's going to be a hell of a lot more in the range of a Tyree Killer or Devontae Adams than a Christian Kirk. The Cowboys, to your point, just got rid of a $20 million wide receiver because they didn't feel like they were using him for the value of which they paid. Why would they bring in Debo Samuel? One, like somebody, and I'm not trying to make fun of you, so please don't take it that way, but somebody tweeted at us and said, well, what do you think about the Cowboys trading Zeke Elliott in a third-round pick for Debo Samuel? And I thought, why the hell would, like, San Francisco want Zeke Elliott? And that contract, <laughs> and, and like, oh, oh, thank you for taking Debo from us. Yeah, we'll take Zeke in a third. No, Debo Samuel, like, look around, man. Whatever the cost was for Tyree Kill, whatever the cost was for Devontae Adams, that's where you start with Debo Samuel. Absolutely, dude. Um, and the thing about it is, is when you talk about people who are Cowboys fans and they offer trades and stuff, bro, you know, there are a few realistic trades we get, but most fans, most fans, they're like, can we trade my trash or my right. perceived trash yeah. for your really good player? And you're like, okay, if you were in fantasy football, you know, would you make these kinds of trades that you reckon? And your answer would be no. So, you know, man, it's uh, if you go if you're going to offer a trade, at least make it a realistic trade. Yeah, because, again, you have to ask yourself, why would San Francisco do that deal? Now, if you had tweeted and said something about what about C.D. Lamb and a second rounder for Debo Samuel, maybe San Francisco's interested in that. I mean, that's a realist. But then again, but we're talking about if you want Debo Samuel, you're either going to have to give up a ton of draft capital or if you're putting a player into it, you are giving up a player the equivalency or very close to it of what Debo Samuel is. In terms of value and right. performance. Yeah, and, and that's that's <laughs> what it is. Now, you may be able to get Debo Samuel. I'd be shocked. Whatever Devontae Adams got, and I think it was two first-rounders or whatever Green Bay got out of that, that's what you're going to get for Debo Samuel. I mean, that's just yeah. reality, man. You're not getting the six-round pick from Cleveland like the Cowboys got for uh, Amari Cooper. Right, right? and uh, again – you know, we can say Zeke is trash and this and that, but Debo Samuel is not a full-time running back. So if you were to trade him, then you are you are under the belief that either Debo or Tony Pollard, who have never been a featured running back in their lives and have never been that type of running back, now magically become that guy. Yeah. So uh, these are all the things that take place in to go into trade. But, dude, the world we live in, I'm pretty sure that the Dallas Morning News wrote something about that. You know what I mean? Like, hey, Debo Samuel's available. Should the Cowboys try to get him? Okay, should? Why not? Check in. What's it going to cost? Will they? No. Debo, why? Okay, we all wanted Bobby Wagner. We wanted Tyron Matthew. We wanted Earl Thomas. We, I mean, name the guys that we've all been after, and then what happens? I mean, even Bobby Wagner was like, yeah, we talked. You know, I would have liked it. Uh, Dan Quinn, I've got that relationship, but we just weren't on. The Cowboys weren't going to pay Bobby Wagner. They're not going to pay Debo Samuel when they just let one of their own guys walk because they didn't want to pay him $20 million because they didn't use him in the offense the way that benefited him best. We're all screaming and yelling about using Tony Pollard better. And you think Debo Samuel's going to come in here and replicate the way San Francisco uses him? Dude. Now, I looked closer. Some of this came up, I think, and I forgot this part. 
some dude, uh, Shane underscore 2104 on Twitter, had put out a picture of him in a Cowboys uniform next to C.D. Lamb, and uh, apparently Debo liked it. Well, uh, obviously, he would probably like, yeah, I'd be cool to play for the Cowboys. And the, his would, agents go, they're not going to pay you. I mean, what? <laughs> I was going to say, he would probably like any picture that put him up in any uniform other than San Francisco just so he could start some uh, some drama with them because he's mad at him right now. I mean, my God, Earl Thomas literally was on tape, <laughs> come get me, saying he wanted to play for the Cowboys, and that was never going to happen. So some dude liking a photo on, on Twitter, that's, oh, oh, he wants to be here. Okay, man. You know, this, and this is what we do. And this is, this is I get it. I always like to say that when I, when I really, really get it. Michael Gelkin from the Morning News wrote, it was in early February, basically Samuel and Lamb bonded off the field at the Pro Bowl. They share an agent. Samuel would relocate from the Bay Area where the cost of living is high. And, you know, Texas, no state income, blah, blah, blah. And uh, he goes, I'm trying to see, he's pretty much writing his whole story before he gets to the point that it's never going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you, you got to get people to click, and everybody likes it. And, and oh, check this out, Doc. I'm, I'm gonna do like I do my students. Let me see. Count along with me: one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten paragraphs before we get to the front office would need to make that commitment to Samuel. An extension worth about $25 million per year would have to be brokered before any trade is processed. Right, and, and then, again, you are looking at a guy that, at Samuel's age, I believe he just turned 26, if I recall. Devontae Adams is 29, keep in mind. Well, the Packers, the Raiders traded a first and a second-round pick for Devontae Adams. So, in addition to that, you say it's a thing – the Cowboys would be trading a minimum first and second round pick, so they would give up their first rounder and second rounder this year, and have to pay him a minimum twenty five dollars a year moving twenty five million dollars a year moving forward. <laughs> I was gonna say they could handle twenty five dollars. Yeah, twenty five dollars. I'm in. I, I just don't see again when, when all we've heard is Stephen this about oh we couldn't afford both these guys we couldn't do this, but magically we found the twenty five million because it's Debo Samuel. Yeah, but no, nah, man, it's it's not going to happen. It's um, Yeah, sorry, guys. <laughs> I was going to say, uh, you know, I, don't, I hate that you guys wasted your time, but it's not going to happen. Yeah, right? and it's adamantly not going to happen. He'll go somewhere else where he'll get paid, and they'll give up the draft capital. Maybe they'll use him correctly. Who knows? I, I don't know, but he is not coming to Dallas. So Do you we'll think move? he's actually going anywhere? I, if I'm the 49ers, I would refuse to trade him at this point. I mean, he's done three years in the league. Unless somebody comes, and you never know. I mean, again, who's desperate for him? Maybe the Jets or a team, you know, one of those teams that's got two first-rounders in this draft. Maybe there's one of those teams that looks at it and goes, well, we don't need both these picks. And maybe the Jets are like, hey, 49ers, you want the fourth overall pick? We'll trade it and a second for Debo. And ex You know, somebody like that I could see making an offer where you just kind of overwhelm the 49ers. But if you're San Francisco, I mean, we know how it is now. What's he going to do? Well, he's not going to go to voluntary off-season workouts. Okay. You're going to not get paid when the season starts? <laughs> no, that's not one of the options. Right. So, to me, I mean, if you're San Francisco, unless he is going to eat money from his rookie contract that he's on, 
then yeah, I mean, to me, I'm like, you're you're gonna be here. I don't know what to tell you. And then you're gonna be franchised for two years after that. Yeah. So until somebody, and again, it could be one of those things. Until somebody comes along with an offer that blows us away, otherwise, we can tag you for two years after that. We've got you for three years at a price that we like. And then after that, you've been in the league for six years. We may not want you anymore anyway with the way we're using you. <laughs> and I wonder if that's some of it, man. He's like, man, you know, I've only got so many years in the league. And uh, what I'm doing, you guys are taking time off me at this rookie rate. Now, you know, I don't mind you taking years off my career when I'm making $20 million a year. But I do mind when I'm making 700000 It could be. And, and then, you know, I've, I've seen the theory that he's kind of, I mean, the guy is with Trey Lance all the time. And the fact that Trey Lance is going to be the number one guy and all of a sudden he wants out, does he just not get along with Trey Lance? Is there, he's seen Trey Lance and is like, holy hell, I got to get away from this guy. Who knows? I mean, nobody really knows. It's just been, all you can read is the tweets that you see. Like Jeff Darlington was the one who said he literally talked to Debo and Debo told him he wants to get out of, of San Francisco. And then Breer and a couple other guys were like, well, part of it is he's very unhappy with the way he's being used, which is wild to me. No, that's why I say I, I need to hear some more uh, about what the deal is. But you, you could say, okay, he doesn't want to be used that way. He might be able to tell a team, look, I want to be a full-time wide receiver and still make $25 million plus because that's what these guys are getting paid. And they don't run Absolutely. the football. If you want both, I mean, he ought to be able to say, look, I mean, you've seen what I can do running the ball. You've, I'm, the, I'm the only player in the NFL right now that can do this at this level. I want $40 million a year. Pay me a running back and a wide receiver salary. Well, dude, I really thought that would be more of the, the thing he'd be after. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm such a unique player. You need to, uh, you need to take care of me. Yeah, and, and it doesn't sound like it fully is that, but who knows? We'll see what happens. And we all know this going into the draft. Who the hell knows, man? It's one of those things that after you get through the draft, we may see Garoppolo move, Samuel move, anybody else that goes through this draft process and doesn't come out feeling great about it. You never know. Maybe they, they make a play for one of these guys after the draft or in the middle of the draft. Like I said, there's eight teams that have two first-round picks. There's going to be a lot of movement because that's a lot of ammunition to kind of move around if you want to or do something like this where, again, you never know. Some team may be sitting there and going, well, the couple of guys that we wanted are gone. What are we going to do with these two picks? Go get Samuel. It could. Who knows? No, I was going to say, you know, the thing about it is with, with there being no true consensus, this is the number one pick in the draft. This is the guy. Uh, this guy's going to be you know, all pro for a decade, all that kind of stuff. And the fact that all these teams got draft ammunition is really just what you like and who you like. And you, it could be one of those Mitch Trubisky trades where somebody trades up and gets somebody. You go, you gave up all of that to get that guy? You could <laughs> just, you know what I mean? Like, you could have just yeah. sat there and they go, oh, no, he was number two on our board. And everybody else goes, oh, well, he was number nine on everybody else's board. But yeah. you, th you thought he was that high, so you wouldn't get him. Yeah, we'll see, man. The, the NFL draft is always fascinating. And ne next Thursday night is going to be a trip. But we'll do a quick little draft machine here and, and see what the landscape looks like. But before we get into that, make sure if you guys haven't placed an order yet for your Brews Biltong, you're going to want to try this. I'm telling you. It is a phenomenal snack. Several of you have tweeted pictures. Got my Biltong. You were right. It's very good. 
Of course we're right. We're not lying to you. We don't, again, I've said this before. When you own the podcast and it's our thing, we don't have to talk about stuff. Like people can approach us and be like, ah, we don't think it's a good fit. Like we're not into your product or whatever it is. We're into Built On. Like we're really into Built On because we really like it and think you will too. Bruce Biltong is where to get it. BruceBiltong.com. B-R-U-S-B-I-L-T-O-N-G. I think a lot of people love beef jerky. And if you like beef jerky, you are going to discover Bruce Biltong. And I don't know that you'll ever want to eat beef jerky again because it's that good. No, I'm down with that, man. And it's true. The sliced Biltongs, I get down. And uh, I love it because it's a great snack. It's high in protein. 30 grams of protein, man, in, in a two-ounce snack bag. 240 calories. It's not really big. Not really very much. It's uh, it's fantastic, man. And the thing about it is, it ain't beef jerky. It's better. It's succulent. It's tender. You ain't never heard anybody say that about beef jerky. That's true, man. But this is, and I think you'll really enjoy it. And the best part of it is, keep in mind, whenever you order it, like it's not just the first time you order it. It's for Jam Session listeners only. You can use the promo code JAM15 every time you order it to get 15% off your order. So if, if you are a, re, like, maybe you've heard us talk about it. You're like, man, I love this. And you order it. Make sure you're using Jam 15 every time. Because <laughs> I want to make sure you're always getting that 15% off. Because that's what they offer for Jam Session listeners at BrewsBiltong.com. Remember, Brews is B-R-U-S, Biltong.com. So the draft machine, we'll go through this real quick. And, and we'll see, I imagine, is there anything that you want Going in, do you have any desire to try and trade up at all, or do you just want to let it fall as it may? Oh, well, you know, man, I'm, a, I'm an aggressive person. I'm always about trying to, trying to trade up uh, for the right guy. Okay, let's see here. Let's see. So, like, go to, well, let's do a real, like, go to, like, 17 or 18 and see who's, who's there. Okay, the Chargers are on the clock at 17. See, and this is, I think this is actually very realistic. So, what happened here, and this is why I feel like if they really want like a Wilson or a Drake London, they're going to have to see if Baltimore wants to make a trade at 14 because I do believe the Eagles and the Saints are both looking for receivers, and that's what just happened in our mock. At 15, the Eagles took Garrett Wilson, and at 16, the Saints took Drake London. Now, Jamison Williams is still on the board. Chris Olave is still on the board, and obviously Traylon Burks, but I wonder if at that point – do you just kind of let it fall to you at 24? See, at that point, I think I think you, you look at the other teams and you say, there's still like a bunch of – there's still like four receivers we like. They're not all going to be gone before we get taken. So I think you can, you can roll the dice a little bit there. Yeah, because realistically, you know that the Eagles and Saints aren't going to take another one. I don't think the Chargers take one. The Steelers probably don't take one. That leaves – the Patriots, the Packers, and the Cardinals right in front of you. All three of those would need one. Right. All three of them could take a wide receiver. Would the, would the Steelers be willing to trade back? Would the Saints or the Eagles be willing to trade back to 24 at that point for us to jump those three teams to get one of those guys that we really like? But then again, out of that group, who would you want to go up and get? That's the question. Drake London's gone. Garrett Wilson's gone. Yeah, those are the two that are gone. Alave... Burks and Jamison Williams those are the three that are still there that I, I would be interested in I'm just I don't I don't think I can afford to go get a dude coming off an ACL if I'm the Cowboys okay so we'll we'll resume here and see what happens 
So the Chargers took an offensive lineman, Steelers a cornerback, Saints a quarterback. Okay, the Steelers went with a defensive lineman. So now here we are, and all three of those guys are still on the board, and we've got three teams. Chances are one of them is going to be sitting there at 24, if you want the wide receiver. Yeah, and do you, do you care which one? Jamison Williams just went to the Patriots. So now it's it, – see, to me – I'm a big Traylon Burks fan. I, like, I, I saw him play often in college, and he's just he's the prototypical body of a wide receiver. But obviously, Chris Olave's got the speed. Okay, the Packers do not take a wide receiver. So now we've got an opportunity. Do we want to trade back? Jacksonville is offering. No, I don't like that. Who cares? Well, the Bengals now, because the Bengals are offering two more fives and a flip of firsts. See, the Bucs are offering us to trade back three spots so they can jump up to 24, and they're offering a fourth-round pick. Hmm. I don't uh, if, I don't think you want to move back if you want the receiver because Buffalo's going to grab one. Yeah, if you want the receiver, it would have to be – we'd have to take him here at 24. Yeah. And I'm then, a, you know, just, any of the offensive linemen that we like, like Kenyon Green's still here, Zion Johnson's here. Is Devin Neal there? Devin Lloyd? I think he is. Let's see. Yeah, Chris Olave went to the Cardinals. So, Traylon Burks is here. Zion Johnson, Tyler Lindenbaum, Devin Lloyd, Kenyon Green. All those guys that the Cowboys had brought in that you'd be interested in are sitting here at 24. Now, I wonder, again, if you're high on receiver and Burks is your guy and you brought him in, then for the second time in the Jerry Jones era, you'd be drafting an Arkansas player. Last time they did it was uh, Felix Jones back in, what was that, 08? Yeah. Or you go with one of the offensive linemen that you like, and at this point, it's probably Zion Johnson over Kenyon Green. Uh, we took Devin Lloyd the last time, didn't we? Yeah. Uh, let's go get Traylon Burks. All right. So I have no problem with that. Burks is the pick. You team him as a wide receiver, and he becomes a beast for you. And you keep him and Gallup and CD together for uh, at least two years, maybe three depending on how Gallup plays and how his deal works out because CD is about to get paid. Uh, you know, so, and that gives you a three-headed monster for two or three years as Dak moves into year 10 as your starting quarterback. So now you get to a point where you've got some options here in the second round. A lot of the guys, again, the Cowboys don't have a lot of dudes on their pre-draft visit list that were projected second rounders. Most of the guys that they brought in for a pre-draft visit that are at the top of the draft are going to be gone in the top 50 picks, and the Cowboys have 56. So this is where, and it's already happened, but I kind of wonder if in the second round they wouldn't mind using one of their fifth rounders to try to make a move up a few spots. But in this draft, we're on the clock now at 56. And honestly, if it plays out like this, I don't know where they'd go. You know, the corner... Roger McCreary from Auburn is interesting, and he's still on the board here at 56. Offensive line-wise, Parham from Memphis is here. You know, you're probably, that's why I just wonder about the first round, because you're probably a little disappointed with your offensive line options at this point in the second round. Dude, this that's why this is a weird draft, man. And this is why you really got to, I mean, this I ain't breaking no news here, but this to me is a draft where you get you just get the best player available, and if it's not the right spot, don't you can always check this out, man. It's better to supplement 
your roster and your team with a one-year stopgap minimum free agent than it is to take a guy you don't really love and then lock yourself in for four years. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So go get the guy that you like. And it doesn't matter. You got holes. So go get to the guy that you like. Don't force an offensive lineman there if, if there's one, if you don't love the guy in the second round because there's other positions you can get right there. Yeah, see, and, and I wonder because of the deal with Kelvin Joseph, and I know it's another cornerback in the second round, but McCreary was a really solid starter at Auburn last year. Coming out of the SEC, of the names that are here, unless you want a running back or you want like a defensive lineman like DeMarvin Leal, who's here from A&M, I'd, I'd, I would go Roger McCreary and be totally cool with that. Let's ride with it, bro. Get and, guys who can play. And then you you have your cornerback that you can throw into the mix along with Trayvon Diggs that hopefully can do what you thought Kelvin Joseph would do, and then you just get the hell, you just move on from Kelvin Joseph. See, and then I wonder about stuff like this. Eh, I don't know. I mean, third round, it doesn't – like, see, now you're in a point in the draft where I feel like you can get a guy because they had Sam Williams on their list, and he'll be available for them. He's an edge, though. But are you irritated if you get to this point and you haven't come away with an offensive lineman in your first three picks? You're, you're irritated, but, again, you're just going to free agent route and go grab Joe Looney. You see what I'm saying? And so, yeah, you're frustrated, but it's not the end of the world. You'd like to do it, but it's not the end of the world. If it don't fit, don't force it. Just relax and let it go. See, and this is where it would be interesting because now you would have your option if you want. One of the tight but actually Kate Otten and Jeremy Rucker, tight ends that they brought in, are both available for them here, as is Sam Williams, the edge rusher from Ole Miss. Now, if you wanted to, you might be able to use, like, trade back into the third round somewhere for a couple of your fifth round picks if you wanted to get two of these guys out of that group. But... To me, here in the third round, you're probably taking tight end or you're taking the edge. It's just a matter of which one do you feel they need most or who you like the most, and who knows? Yeah, it's who you like the most, man. And so, who do you like? I mean, out of this group, I'm I'm probably leaning tight end because they need one, and I know they brought Ruckert and Otten in, and they're both kind of looked at in the same realm i mean they're they're both ranked like right either or so kate otten from washington is 6'5 250 and your guy jeremy ruckert from ohio state is 6'5 and a half 250 <laughs> so right those those are all good sizes for for what they need to do and here's the other thing Let, let's keep it real man you ain't trying to lock in the dalton schultz for 10 million dollars a year over a long period of time he's not that guy and so if if you can go get a tight end now and make sure that in your mind you don't have to uh, you don't have to take Dalton Schultz long term big money. Then this is the time to do it. Yeah, and Ruckert played at, at Ohio State. He's a year younger, and I like that. If I think they're both equal, I'm going to go with the younger guy. No, without doubt. So I'm taking the tight end, Jeremy Ruckert out of Ohio State will be our selection. See, and then I wonder, like, if you really liked one of these guys and you thought you had to. Would you trade back up, like, for the edge? Like, for Sam Williams from Ole Miss, do you think you'd make a play to try to get back up in day two to have another top 100 selection? If the cost wasn't too prohibitive, yeah, you'd go do that. But, you know, Sam Williams got a lot of red flags, and so how much do you want to invest in a red flag guy? You know what I mean? I mean, if it's, if it's a 
fifth round pick i you know yeah knock me out i have no problem with that um you just had that's just what that's just what you're weighing you know what i mean yeah so maybe we'll just hold on then and wait okay so he's off the board at 102 so we would have to have jumped up and gotten him prior to that so at this point it's just one of those things you've moved on to the fourth round they've got pick 129 in the fourth round and this will be the last one that we do on this version of the mock because i'm not getting into the fifth round you know (laughs) and you look at it and, oh, I see. They selected for us. I guess I accidentally screwed it up. Anyway, they, so take? they took an edge. D'Angelo Malone from Western Kentucky. I have no idea who that is, but good for them. See, that's, like, uh, that's like Jerry Jones circumventing everybody else <laughs> <laughs> and just going to do what he wants to do. Yeah, and that, that's, I mean, once you get into this, it gets interesting just looking at some of the names, and they've got several names that they brought in that are going to be that day three range and this is one of those drafts like we've been talking about because guys are all over the place where the this wouldn't surprise me at all if the Cowboys take a dude in the third or the fourth round that other teams had in the fifth round and and the draft analysts are like oh wow he was way lower on my board and well everybody's all over the place so yeah your board is really your board this year see this is when uh the self uh what's the word I'm looking for people who call themselves great I don't know those people who put their own draft boards together, that's when they say, hey, it was, he was high on my draft board. Yeah, exactly. It's always funny. You know what I mean? The, the, the self-proclaimed draft experts. Yeah. Um, yeah. You're right. So there you have it. That's our version. And, and again, it, it's interesting. Honestly, if the Cowboys came away from just the first two days, next Thursday and Friday, and you got a wide receiver, a cornerback, and a tight end, and those were your first three picks – I think a lot of us would be bummed there's no offensive lineman in there, but with the picks they have, it's hard for me to argue those are all positions of need, and they're all guys that I like. So, yeah, I wish that you maybe had gotten an offensive lineman, but like you said, maybe you look for the filler and free agency. You probably draft a couple in the fifth round and and see if any of them can be the next Terrence Steele, Joe Looney of the world. Exactly. Because, that, I mean, that's what you do. That's how you supplement your roster. The Cowboys are good at finding those guys in the dollar bin. We know that. And it's a, uh, you know, man, I, I, wouldn't be su- I wouldn't be surprised if they went that route. You're not going to find an edge rusher worth a damn. Yeah. In the, I mean, because it's clear that they don't want uh, Jadeveon Clowney. Well, I, I think it's pretty clear unless, you know, his price goes down to something uh, a lot more palatable. But, um, you know, bro, that's just the way that's just the way it rolls. It is. It is indeed. So we will roll on and get into the block and you should roll over to Freeway Tire Shop. Make sure you take your car over there, whether you need an oil change, tire rotation, state inspection, or you need like legit work where they're under the hood and they're like, hey, man, we got to pull your engine out, all that type of stuff. The good thing is you can trust them. JR and his crew stand behind their work. That's why Jacques, I mean, you've taken all your cars over there multiple times. Dude, and I've had all that work done. They've changed an engine. They've done brake work. State inspection I got just the other day. And, uh, you know, think about JR, man. Him and his crew, they get down and they take care of everything, man. Whatever you need, luxury car, you know, regular car, beat up jalopy. It doesn't really matter. I've seen everything over there. Um, but I roll with him, and you guys know this, man, because I trust him. And when you're dealing with a mechanic, that to me is the most important thing. Can you trust the diagnosis of what's wrong with your car? 
Can you trust it to use the quality parts? Can you trust it to gonna give you a fair freaking price? And then can you trust it to stand behind their work? JR hits those four things consistently all the time, been doing it for years, and that's why I ride with him. Make sure it happens for you too, man. Freewaytireshop.com. You can request a quote, schedule an appointment, and you too can experience the brilliance of Freeway Tire Shop. You also, we've been talking about this because it's that time of the year. You get a lot of rain, and then it gets hot, and you, it, it's wonky on your foundation, man. Foundation is something you don't screw with. If you think you start seeing some of the cracks, you have soil washout, you start figuring out, man, I, I feel like I've got a problem. The best thing you can do is call Aaron, get his crew out there from HFX Foundation Solutions. It's a free, no-obligation inspection. They're going to come over. You might have something wrong. Hopefully, if you do, you caught it early. Now, the best news is he may just give you one of those letters, and, and it's a no-problem letter, and they just give you some tips. Hey, looking good. Here's how you keep doing it. But you want to catch it early if you do have a problem because that – no obligation inspection can potentially save you thousands of dollars in problems down the road. Dude, that's what you want. So, you know, that's why you have Aaron and his team come over, give your house a once over. There's a reason why we call it the colonoscopy before your house because they check everything, man, from the Rudy to the Tootie on it. Yeah, that's what I said. They check everything from the Rudy to the Tootie. They give you that kind of peace of mind that every homeowner wants because you don't want no foundation problems. Matter of fact, dude, I was talking to my boy the other day. He had a friend who had foundation problems and he said, man, it took him months to get that thing right. A bill that he couldn't, uh, he could barely afford. Yeah, man. It's easy to do. It, it's local. It's family owned. Aaron's a good dude. He will take care of you. HFX foundation solutions. You can give him a call 817-770-0174 or online. You can check into him at hfxfoundation.com. So we move on to this trip around the block, and, and you sent me a couple of things that, I, that are interesting for sure. The first one is, apparently, Texas State Troopers have gotten <laughs> to a point where they are struggling with their weight so much, and so many of them have gotten larger, that the Texas State Troopers are now instituting a weight limit, and if you are a man, your waist has to be below a 40 if you are a woman, your waist has to be below a 35 or they are going to start disciplining people and they are going to start instituting like you got to be subjected to fighting tests, which makes sense. And then I thought this was interesting. I was like, well, that's nothing. And then they're going to put you through a 1.5 mile run and some push-ups and sit-ups, just a, you know, basic fitness baseline. And I've, I've always thought that with police officers and highway patrolmen, like, wouldn't you want to be in fairly decent shape in that type of a job? Well, not just that, man, but it should be like, to me, it should be like the military, you know, in that sense that uh, if, you're, if your job is to protect and serve, then you've got to be in shape to protect and serve. Um, and, you know, there should, you know, but I'm always, now this is because I've been a fat guy most of my life. Uh, you know, it's, what there's there's there should be better way than your waist has to be this or that you know what i'm saying mm. we got enough technology to go okay your body fat needs to be here and there's a range you need to be because people come in all sorts of shapes and sizes there's some guys like tyron smith who could you know there's some big guys who could be in great shape who have a 40 inch waist just because they're large yeah you know it could be exceptions to that but 
I just don't like those blanket things. You know, it's like if you say, well, you, you need to weigh under 300 pounds. Well, there are some people like Tyron Smith who have six packs at 300 pounds. Sure. You know, so, you know, there's a way technologically, because what you're really talking about is body fat and stuff. But we've seen, I saw one the other day, man. And I said, I bet I could steal something, pop that dude upside the head, and he still couldn't catch me. Yeah. I think that all you the know? time. Yeah. <laughs> And if you're talking about you want somebody to protect and serve, you just want somebody in shape to get the job done. Yeah, man. I mean, I, I would agree. And, and there are often times where I see and I you kind of have that same thought like, man, really? I mean, there. I mean, I, you can't shoot people anymore, although it happens all the time. You're not supposed to be able to. So unless he's going to shoot me or I'm close enough for his taser to get me, there is no way that dude's coming after me. Yeah. And, I, you know, I also think it, it's part of the. I don't want to, you know, these officers look a certain way. You know, maybe I won't think like that. Because there's some people who think like that and then follow through. <laughs> no, that's true, man. Like, and I wonder that. You know, like, like yeah, they case, they case out the joint. They say, oh, okay, all right, I see the off-duty in charge here. Okay, we, yeah, we can hit this one for a lick. Yeah, like, we're good. We'll come in, and if he tries anything, punch him in the stomach, he'll be down, we're gone. Yeah. He can't don't catch us. Him. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I've always thought that's interesting. I mean, it, so we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Maybe you'll start seeing a, a lot when you get pulled over. The cop will get out of the car, and you'll be like, oh, damn, that guy's ripped. He's like, yeah, they instituted that new program, and I got really into it. I will kick your ass. License yeah, and registration. The, <laughs> I was going to say, maybe the soda will be the official uh, weight loss program of cops everywhere. Maybe, maybe they will be. They could probably <laughs> use it to some degree. Speaking of police, there is a new curfew. At Parks Mall in Arlington, this is really interesting because apparently last weekend, a fight amongst teenagers broke out and the police had to come and like there were reports of a shooting and stuff and they're saying that, that they didn't find that there was a shooting or anything like that, but they are now instituting a curfew that will start on Friday. It is in effect after 2 p.m., 2 p.m. in the afternoon on Fridays and Saturdays where anyone that enters the mall under the age of 18 has to have an adult with them. And by adult, it has to be somebody who's 21 or older. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, I was thinking about that. Somebody told me that they've been doing that at Town East uh, near Mesquite um, really? for a while. Yeah, because, you know, you got too many teenagers wilding out. Huh. Um, you know, going to the mall, just hanging out. We we know for the most part they ain't spending no money for the most part. True, they're just going to look at girls and uh, hang out. And when you got too many kids hanging out in today's world, sometimes you get these fights, or especially on social media. Oh, you think you can whip me? Oh no, I can whip you. Let's, yeah. let's, I'll see you at the mall. And that's how you can end up with these unfortunate situations. But you know it sucks for uh, as we say, man, for all the kids who ain't doing nothing. Who now are really like, oh, I can't go hang out at the mall because these knuckleheads have ruined it? Yeah, and the, it's probably the vast majority that aren't doing anything. But as we know in the world, all it takes is the one guy who's an asshole and ruins it for everybody. Like, oh, kick ass. Thanks for doing that, man. Uh, no, absolutely, dog. It's a, as I, I sent a text on a, my family uh, group text the other day that said, oh, my son. I said, AJ, you just, you just escaped this, bro, because he used to like to go to the parks. Yeah. And uh, he just turned 18, and so I'm like, ah, lucky for you. Yeah, because he can get in, but if he's uh, – and, again, a lot of seniors turn 18 when you're a senior in high school. 
But any of his friends that are not 18, that are 17, they got to make buddies with a 21-year-old to be able to get in. Well, see, that's the other thing. So, like, he can't take my granddaughter to the mall because she's 16. Yeah, and he's she's not just, 21. Just, nope, so she's just SOL. Now, I wonder how long, really, they're going to enforce this. And how do they enforce it? Well, and I, I know, thought, it, really, 2 p.m.? <laughs> well, apparently, like, if, if they just won't let you in the mall. Like, they're going to have security stationed at the entrances, and you can't get into the mall if you don't have the proper person with you and they're giving the people who are 21 or older, you're supposed to wear a wristband so they can identify you around the mall. And if you do not have a wristband on and you are not with somebody that has one, then they'll escort you out apparently. Okay. Well, I wondered how they enforce it. So it's going to be at the door. Yeah. And you just wonder how long that'll happen or whether the word will get out and then people just stop showing up because they know that they're checking for it. Yeah. Not, I, is it worth wasting your fake ID to get into the mall? No. Okay, I wouldn't think asking. so. Not the mall. <laughs> like, uh, hey, can you get me a fake? Why? I want to go walk around the mall and maybe get into a fight. He, I mean, God. I mean, I used to go when I was in high school, man. We used to go to the mall. The town east was the closest mall to Rockwall. So we'd all, you know, a group of us would go. And you're right. Like, we'd go into a couple of stores, never probably bought. I don't even remember ever buying anything. You know, it used to be maybe I'd buy a hat at the No Fear store or something back when that was a thing or the Stussy store. But, you know, you just walk around and, and hopefully you'd see some girls and you'd be like, oh, man, we should go talk to those girls. Maybe next time. He awesome. <laughs> you go to That's the, about the side. I mean, I'm just saying you'd go up to the third floor food court. You know, you'd see a, a girl looking at you and you'd look down at your feet and then look up. And she was talking to some guy who was ripped and probably played was like a star football player. And you just walked away. <laughs> But that's basically it. The other thing, I thought this was really interesting, and I was curious, like, what would you do in this situation? And this is, like, you, Jacques, and then everybody else as well. But so earlier this week in Tennessee, there was a gas station where the owner of the gas station had mistakenly priced a gallon of gas at 45 cents a gallon. And it, it went for several hours, and people were filling up for five bucks a tank, six bucks a tank, a, a full tank until right, finally right. somebody realized, okay, something's wrong here and went in and told the owner of the gas station, Hey, your, your prices are off. And the owner checked and, and realized he had inputted it incorrectly and had made a mistake and, and was really upset. And this guy basically ruined it for everybody else. But at the same time, as he points out, he was saying, this is just a small business owner who's trying to run his own business. He's getting ripped off and nobody had the balls to go in and tell him. And keep in mind, yeah, gas prices are high. It's not the, the convenience stores aren't setting the prices, man. Gas is actually one of the things that they barely profit off of. Most convenience stores and gas stations, the margin on gas is 10 to 15 cents a gallon. That's it. And so when he was pricing it that low, he's basically paying everybody that comes in like 50 bucks to fill up their car, lost a bunch of money. And I thought if, if that happened to me, honestly, I don't, I don't know that it would occur to me that it was an honest mistake and that they didn't mean for it to be like that. Let me see. I'm trying to think. Like, I don't know that I would go in and say, hey, did you, did you mean for it to be like this? Because when it's high, I don't say, hey, do you mean for it to be like this? I just kind of roll with it. Um. So yeah, I mean, I guess I'd be like, oh, maybe 
I would probably say, oh, wow, it's my great luck that today I ran to a station that's running an un- unbelievable special. Maybe it was, uh, you know, whatever it is, they're running a special today. Uh, they got some special promotion. So I wouldn't even think to go in and say that. See, that's exactly what I said. I, I was like, oh, my God, like, this is really cool. And I'd probably text a lady and be like, I just got gas for 45 cents. They must be doing, like, maybe it's a, a new place or a new ownership or something, and they're promoting it for today. And see, my th- my I would literally think must be a, a one-day thing. Man, that's cool that I stopped here on today. It would never occur to me that I'm stealing or that I'm doing something wrong. Now, here's the other thing. Um in that same vein, it'd be like the line would probably be so long. I'd be like, I don't care what the promotion is. I don't want to wait for I don't want to wait 30 minutes for some gas, man. Yeah. See, and perhaps it's that. But at some point, I imagine a bunch of people started texting their friends like, hey, if you need gas, go fill up. They're doing 45 cents. And so this guy came after a few hours and they fixed it. And obviously it was supposed to be like four dollars and 45 cents a gallon or something, whatever it was, not 45 cents a gallon. And it's weird. I never thought about that before reading this article, but they were talking about like convenience stores of that nature are really suffering because gas is so high that before people would come in and maybe you'd buy some snacks or get a drink. And that's where they really make their money because their margins are a lot higher on that. And people aren't going in and buying snacks and drinks as much anymore because of the cost of gas. Dude. I mean, I feel the cost of gas. I got a Honda Accord, which is my primary car. And, uh, dude, that thing for a while used to cost like $34 to fill up. That thing is over 60 now, which is yeah, like SUV, which is like what an SUV should cost to fill up. It's annoying as hell, but it is stunning the way that it is. And it's what it is. It, it's, it's just the world of which we, unfortunately, right now, everything going on and, and sucks for this guy, but. Yeah, I just, I saw that and it was like a whole, what would you do articles? Like, I mean, I don't even know if it would cross my mind. I'd be like, holy crap. I got lucky and thought great for me that I came to get gas on the day this gas station's doing this to help every, I'd probably be like, they must be helping everybody out. Like, yeah, what a, what a blessing. Yeah. I don't think it would occur to me like this dude that owns the Chevron screwed up. I'd probably be like, oh my God, Chevron's just trying to help people out. (laughs) You know, like, I don't know, man, but. I thought that was wild. So a couple other things to get into here. And I need to make sure we mention to you, if you're hungry like I am and you would like to get a bite to eat, have you, have you guys tried out Smokey John's Barbecue yet? Because if you haven't, you need to. They've, they've got the Jam Session Bowl, which is fantastic. It's only available to Jam Session listeners. We tell you guys this because it's true. If you do not listen to the podcast, you would never even know that this exists. You would never know. Dude. And if you never knew it existed, you could never get those wonderful, what kind of, what, what's he doing when, when it gets ordered at, 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 the, uh, yep. at the restaurant? People go, I don't, I don't, what, is, what is that? Where's that on the menu? I don't, I don't see it. You go, <laughs> those who know don't say, and those who say don't know, my friend. Yeah, and it is delicious. As a matter of fact, one of our listeners, Mitch, he sent us a picture of himself. He was at Smokey John's last weekend with the Jam Session Bowl. <laughs> And I said, man, that's awesome. How was it? He said, awesome. Whole family enjoyed the lunch, met the owner, really awesome guy. And then he sent another pic with him and Brent, which Brent and Juan are the two brothers that own the place. And I'm telling you, man, you guys are going to enjoy it. It is elite level barbecue. And again, the jam session bowl is awesome. And it is a lot to eat. Maybe you are like, I don't know. That's a lot of food. Whatever is on the menu is good. Like Smokey John's barbecue is one of those places you go 
where I can't tell you, oh, make sure you get the ribs or make sure you get the sausage or make sure you get the brisket because one of them's better than any of it. Literally, even the Steve White, the catfish, everything I've ever ordered from there is, I, I would just recommend throw a dart at the menu if you don't want the jam session bowl. Whatever it lands on, you're going to enjoy. No, nah, man, that's really the, the beauty of Smokey John's restaurant is, hey, what's good there? It's all good, bro. Yeah. Hey, what's the best thing on the menu? You know people who do that, bro, literally everything. It's true. Like you can't No. Well, what side should I get? I, whatever you normally like to get, get it. And it'll be the best one that you've had, man. It's amazing. The job that they do. Food is consistently fantastic. Smokey John's barbecue, man. I'm telling you right there off mockingbird in Dallas or check them out online. You can order the sauce and the rub smokyjohns.com. Click on Smokey's market. Get that taken care of. We can't say too much about the Mavs. Unfortunately, because by the time many of you listen to this, game three will have already happened because we're recording this on Thursday. The game is tonight, and we don't know if Luka's going to play or not, although just with the information we know at this point in the day on Thursday, it sounds like there's a very good chance he may play, and he's not listed as doubtful. He's just listed as questionable, which is a step in the right direction. Um, I did hear an interview with him uh, the other day, which uh, which was – I, I was pleased, and Luca was basically like, I don't want to play unless I can play. Yeah. And you're like, well, what does that mean? Because he's, he's like, I don't want minutes restrictions. I don't want to be out there. Tended, if I just want to play if I can play. And I was like, wow. that's uh, I wasn't sure he would have the maturity to say that, man. But that's what it is. And so, to me, not that they got the split. To me, it really doesn't matter whether he plays in three or four. Mm-hmm. Because it sounds like he's going to be in one of them. Uh, but you know, we also talked about this the other day, man. Uh, for athletes, it's about protocols, man. And you can either pass the protocols to play or you can't pass them. There's not a, there's not a, there's not an in-between either. You can pass it or you can't. And if he can pass it, then he can play. Yeah. If he can't, then he's got to wait till game four. I did think it was interesting that they made him available to speak to the media if he wasn't going to play. Yeah. I think, um. I think that shows how close he is to playing. And, you know, I think it'll, I think he'll go out there and warm it up and see. But um, I have a feeling he'll play in three, don't you? I do. I do, just based on, again, they, he hadn't spoken to the media the first couple of games. They didn't need to make him available. And that, to me, was like a sign. Like, they must be thinking he's probably going to play unless something happens in pregame. Yeah. Or, you know, let's just – we think you're going to play. Let's just go out there and make sure it is what we think it is. And and it's all good. Um, so, I mean, I think that gives the Mavs a big mental boost. And if Luka is Luka, then I haven't really seen anything that makes me think that the Mavs shouldn't win this series. You know, I mean, they had the better record. The Jazz were falling apart at the end. And uh, I like the way the Mavs have been playing. And if Luka's there, I think uh, I think they'll take care of business and get this series. Yeah, I mean, if, if Luka's going to play, then like you said, he's playing because he can play. And if he can, they're going to win and they'll advance. And, and we'll see if they can stop the buzzsaw that is the Phoenix Suns, man. This, this just feels like Phoenix's year. Like Chris Paul's going to get one finally after losing in the finals last year. They'll get back and win a title and he'll retire. And, and that'll be the end of Phoenix's run in the West. Dude, what about Devin Booker being out? How does that change things? I don't know if the Pelicans can take advantage of it, but wow, that's crazy. Yeah, I, I don't know since it's the, the Pelicans. I, if Now, if it was the Mavs series in the Mavs advance and they get to play Phoenix in the second round and the Suns didn't have Booker for a couple of games, 
that's the type of thing against a team like the Mavs that could change the series. Yeah, which could change the whole the whole deal in the Western Conference, man. So yeah, I mean, and you know, with hamstring, and again, I'm I'm not an elite athlete. I know a lot of you guys think I am, but I've had one, and dude. Until you had one, you don't even know what it's like, bro. And you can't come back too early because you can pull that thing faster than anything. So uh, let's see what it is for Devin Booker. Although, let me be clear. I'm like Matt would say. The Suns have been so good this year. I want to see them do their thing at their best. Yeah, but, I mean, to be fair, Booker put up 31 the other night, and they lost by 11 points at home to New Orleans. So that series is 1-1 as they head to New Orleans. And without Booker, I mean, my God, that, that would be a stunning first-round upset. Uh, even if they can, you know, because you're, you're probably, if you're a Suns fan, you thought four games, five at the absolute most. You don't want to be getting into six or seven trying to beat the Pelicans because you need that energy later in, this, later in the uh, playoffs. Yeah, that's very true, man. But that, that is... I thought that was interesting that they lost the other night because I thought that'd be a sweep. And now the fact they don't have Booker, maybe you can push it and make it a little bit more of a series. And we'll see tonight, you know, some of these first round, I mean, hell, I was surprised that Minnesota won the first game against Memphis. And, and they were able to take down Memphis. So we'll see. But outside of that, hopefully Luca plays tonight and we'll be able to talk about on Sunday where this thing is at, because the Mavs now, all of a sudden, you look at this, by, by the time we record again, because we record on Sundays that drop on Mondays, we'll have tonight's game and we'll have Saturday night's game out of the way, and we'll know exactly where this series is sitting. Hopefully, it's at least 2-2, if not a 3-1 Mavs lead, as they head back to Dallas for the games next week, but we'll find out. Wanted to dive into a little bit of Rangers here, because they suck. And I mean, I look, I didn't have any belief. I, I was not anybody. I, I saw somebody that covers major leagues like, oh, my dark horse for the playoff is the Rangers. I was like, you're an idiot. But you don't go from 60 wins one year to 80 something the next. My hope was that they could flirt with 500 a little bit here and there and eventually settle out as a 75 win team. And I don't know that that's going to happen. They are really not good. Their pitching, which we knew was going to be shaky, is worse than I think even they could have imagined that it was going to be. I mean, their pitching is god awful, pure straight trash. I mean, it is trash. I think that's the. I think you hit it right there. I think it's worse than they thought it was going to be. Um, now, I didn't have any confidence in it from the jump, but it's even worse than I thought it was. And I think there are two things. To me, just me, uh, for whatever it's worth, that stand out about just how bad it is and which kind of sucked the life. I mean, I didn't say, let me see, I don't want to say it sucked the life out of me because I wasn't really that into the Rangers this year. But it just said, whatever interest you have, uh, keep it on the low, low, man, because it's going to be that kind of year. And I'm not, I'm not even being overly dramatic, bro. But when they blew that 7 nothing lead in, in the first game of the season, I'm just like, Dude, how do you blow seven nothing in the fourth? That's just throw strikes, hit the you know make the plays in the field and get off with your seven to four win. And then the other day, they scored like five in the fourth to get up on somebody. It could have been the Angels, and then they gave up five in the top of the next inning. Yeah, I was like, how do you score five in the bottom 
and then you go give up five in the next at the top of the next inning and so you know the other thing that does bro is suck the life out of your offense because they're like oh we don't there's no lead that's big enough and so uh yeah bro it's uh i thought there was some there was some reasons for optimism but this this pitching staff has sucked the life out of pretty quickly they are bad bad man their bullpen is straight horrible poop trash you look at the, I mean, we are 11 games into the season. Now, when they play tonight, who knows? Maybe they'll stop the bleeding. They've lost five in a row. <laughs> they are two and nine. Two and nine to start the season. Only Cincinnati is worse. Cincinnati also has two wins. Every other team in Major League Baseball has at least four wins. You're 11 games into the season, and you're already five games behind first place. I mean, your season's over, and it hasn't even started yet. The bullpen, or rather the entire pitching staff, has a 6.09 team ERA. That is by far the worst in Major League Baseball. Only two other teams are even over five. Only Cincinnati has a worse whip. Only Colorado, actually, that's wrong. Colorado is second worst. So Colorado is allowing opponents to hit 274. The Rangers are allowing opponents to almost be Tony Gwynn. Dude. The Rangers are allowing opponents <laughs> to bat 288 against them. That's absurd. You can't win like that, bro. And the, the other flip side of this is their lineup, which we thought, okay, you got Garver, who's supposed to have a little bit of a bat. Maybe Nate Lowe will break out here in his mid-20s and become what they hoped he could be. You signed Simeon and Seager. Adelise Garcia, who had a little something last. Their lineup has not done jack. They have five dudes in their lineup that are hitting under 200. Oh, and you know what? Let's just say six because Abanez is hitting 200. <laughs> I mean, it, it's just, it's so god-awful bad. At least Lowe is batting 372 so far, but he has no home runs. Simeon has no home runs. Abanez hasn't hit a home run. It, it's, I cannot believe the combination of how bad their pitching is with how poorly they've been hitting the ball it's a nightmare, and it is not getting any easier anytime soon because, the I mean, the Mariners are good. I wouldn't be surprised at all if they get swept by the Mariners. They've already lost two. They play again tonight. Then they go to Oakland for three. And then, oh, by the way, you come home against the Astros for four, who are way better than you, and then the Braves for three, who are way better than you. Dude. This thing, I'm like, I wasn't kidding. I talked about this on the radio the other day because there's a lot of Braves fans, obviously, in this area. And I said, hey, man, if you guys are frustrated at the start you're having, just wait till next weekend because you'll get three wins in a row. <laughs> like, at some point, they're going to win a game, but I wouldn't be surprised if they start 4-16. and 16. Which just sucks the life out of everything, bro. Yeah, because, you know, and, maybe and, you get and, one against Oakland or something. Outside of that, they, they could easily lose. They could lose 20 in a row coming up. And, and Well, let's not hope so, man. No, I'm not but hoping the, so. But then the question becomes, do you have the discipline to keep the young kids down there and just suffer one more year? You know, there's no need to rush those guys up. Hey, learn at the major league level. Nah, nah. Go have success at the minor league level. Um, and don't show up until you're ready to really ball out. And you look at it, man, and it, it just, this is such, like that was part of the thing that people talked about was that stretch there. You knew it was going to be tough against Toronto. But then you had Colorado and the Angels. And the fact that they only won one game out of the six that they had against those two teams really made it difficult because Seattle was going to be good this year. 
Oakland gives you a glimmer of hope that maybe you can get a win or two, but you're on the road and they've been horrible on the road the last couple of years. Then you got to play Houston, Atlanta, Philadelphia, and New York in your next four series. All four of those teams are going to be playoff contenders, and three of those teams outside of Philadelphia are World Series contenders. And that's a problem, man, especially when we're talking about a pitching staff that's that's just yeah. horrible. And, uh, you know, what you're talking about is in the last four games where they scored 2-3-2-2. Uh, two, two, two. I mean, you know, there's no way you can do that. And I heard some comment from Chris Woodward the other day about taking too many first-pitch strikes. And I was just like, man, now your hitters are confused <laughs> because that's what it is when you're taking first-pitch strikes. I don't know, bro. I thought it was going to be a little bit better, but, dude, it could be worse than, than last year. Is it time to start looking at who the top three players in, the, in, in Major League Baseball draft are? It may be. I mean, it, we're not that far away from it. And, and at the same time, I wonder, does, does Woody survive this? Because you're talking about a guy, now granted he took him through the pandemic year, but you're talking about a guy, first year 78 and 84, next year 22 and 38 in the pandemic year, one of the worst teams in baseball. Last year, the second worst team in baseball at 60 and 102. You know, do you survive another season, especially if you're going to be, I mean, if they don't find a way to, to turn this around, then I don't know that they have like a, some long winning streak in them. I mean, if you're going to start, nine, 10 games under 500, your best hope is that you finish nine, 10 games under 500. No, no, you're absolutely right. I don't think, um, I don't think he can survive that, bro. You know what I'm saying? I mean, he's a great guy, but at some point they're going to be like, okay, we gave you what we thought was a yeah. better team this year and it, it still sucks. And so, um, no, nah, dude, I don't think, uh, I don't think it's going down. Yeah, I don't either, man. And, and I remember when we interviewed him, when we were doing the radio show, that first time, like first week he was hired, so positive. I was stoked about his message. I was like, hell yeah. But, I mean, four seasons in, especially this year with some of the moves they made, y you have to be better than what we're seeing. No, you and, you know, it's you can't fire all the players. And the thing about it is the GM – uh, Chris Young, John John Daniels, president of Baseball Ops, they're going to look at it like, okay, we we know the pitching staff sucked. Why is the offense not doing what it's doing? What is it about your teaching that the cats aren't getting? Even though you could say, well, hell, you hired half my coaches. But it doesn't matter. At some point, you fire the manager and move on. Yeah, and, and that point is coming, man, but it is – it is. I've only seen the Rangers a little bit this year, and because I was, I was seriously considering. I was like, you know what, I'll, I'll find a way to watch a couple of the games early on, and, and we'll see how it goes. Because I was considering getting on YouTube TV. I think you can add the Major League package for like twenty bucks a month, and I was going right. to do that. And then they have been so bad. I was like, why do I want to pay twenty bucks a month to watch this crap? No, I don't. I don't think you do, bro. I don't. <laughs> I'm not going to. You know, I, I just, I, and I, I got to say this too, and I don't know how many people from the Birmingham area actually listen to this podcast. Most of you guys are Dallas and Texas folks, but these Braves fans, and I work with a couple of them. I mean, my God, you just won a World Series and they bitch about every game, but man, we're five, we're six and seven starting the year. You know, I thought they'd turn around and have another great, I was like, I was like, when you get pissed at night, do you just go and, and cry into your World Series winning t-shirts? <laughs> I was like, you could be a Rangers fan. 
<laughs> I was like, if the Rangers ever win the World Series, I don't give a crap if they go 0-162 the next season. I will be overjoyed for years to come if they ever win a World Series. <laughs> Hell yeah. It blows my mind, man. I, like any, I don't care whatever team you are, if you're listening, whatever team you're a fan of, if they win a title, you are banned from bitching and moaning and complaining about anything for five years minimum. And when you get really sad, go to your closet, pull out whatever gear you bought to celebrate the title and look at it and remember how awesome and happy you were. Because I would love to feel what you felt. And I never have as a Rangers fan, and it sure as hell not happening anytime soon. No, you've been incredibly teased is what you've been. I mean, I have been teased, teased. I mean, I don't know how you can be any more teased than how we were teased. It's impossible. <laughs> I mean, you're talking about, you know, she is naked on top of you, ready to go, and somebody opened the door a millisecond right away from it happening. Yeah, bro, I've been there. I was there, and then Nelson Cruz is like, not for you. <laughs> terrible, bro, terrible, terrible, terrible. Enjoy your weekend, kids. Have a good one. I think everybody will have fun. And then next week, we'll be back at it, and we will be looking hardcore at that NFL draft coming your way next Thursday night, so get ready for that. Thanks for listening to the Jam Session Podcast. Make sure to find us on Instagram at Jam Session Cast. Of course, you can also find us on Twitter at McMatt Radio and at JJT underscore journalist. Our podcast is sponsored by Greening Law, a personal injury law firm in Dallas, Texas. Greening Law fights the legal battle so you'll have time for healing and renewal. Give them a call at 972-934-8900. Greening Law, Office, Dallas, Texas. As always, thanks to Purple Elephant Music for the music you hear at the end and the beginning of each episode. He, of course, is the radio, TV, and now podcast star, the sexy Jean-Jacques Taylor. And me, I'm just a guy, Matt McLaren. We'll catch you next time right here on the Jam Session Podcast, available everywhere you listen to podcasts.